The Chicago Bulls get a much-needed win over the Indiana Pacers, and they do so playing a solid brand of team basketball and defense. We're going to talk about that win, what everything that went into it, and how the Chicago Bulls' offense is changed, but they still kind of rank the same. We're going to get into all that, plus the James Harden trade, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at uh, Bulls Central Pod at every social media platform we happen to be on, if I can remember our own social media. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Chicago Bulls got a win over the Indiana Pacers in a game that if you got to watch the game, you got to see a team that showed some grit and determination. The Indiana Pacers came into this game averaging almost 45% from three-point range, making the most threes in the league so far in this young part of the season and having the best three-point shooting percentage. The Chicago Bulls held them to 26.1% from three-point range, and that is really what made the difference in this game. The Chicago Bulls, even though you know coming into the season wanting to shoot more threes, did not shoot a lot of more threes in this game, right? Uh, they actually, I think they only shot, took, what, 19 threes in this game, I believe, something like that. So the Chicago Bulls, they came in and they just executed. And no, before the naysayers get to saying or talking, no, it wasn't just the Indiana Pacers being cold from three-point range. No, the Chicago Bulls closed out on, on the three-point line. They got a hand in almost every three-point shooter's face when they went to take three-pointers. The defense today from the Chicago Bulls, or last night I should say from the Chicago Bulls, was some of the best we've seen for the whole season, right? And while the defensive intensity was there in the first half, they really kicked it up a notch in the second half of this game. And I got to give credit to Billy Donovan. You guys know, I'm not a Billy Donovan guy, but Billy Donovan coached a hell of a game today, especially defensively. The adjustments that the Chicago Bulls made from the first half to the second half defensively was noticeable. It was noticeable that they made a concerned effort, and you could see every player on this team understood we have to attack the three-point line. We cannot allow this Indiana Pacers team to go off on us from three, because if we do, it's going to be a long night. And the Bulls limited that three-point shooting, um, and it was great to see. In the fourth quarter, when the Pacers were trying to push back, they went four of 16 from the three-point line, and so that was extremely solid. Then we look at the third quarter, two for seven in the third quarter of this game as well. And then in the second quarter, two for 11, the Chicago Bulls guarded the three-point line extremely, extremely well over the course of this game, forcing the Indiana Pacers to shoot so far below what their percentage has been this season that that really dictated um, a lot in this game. And so it was great to see that uh, from the Chicago Bulls in this game. So, you know, it was good. And then also the Indiana Pacers, they had the third best overall field goal shooting percentage in the league so far this year, averaging over 50% from the field as a team. We held them to 40% shooting on the night. Again, another sign of that Chicago Bulls defense stepping up in a big way. And we got a, a big night from the core three as well. Now, it came over the course of the game, really more so in the second half. Nikola Vucevic with 24 points, 17 rebounds, three assists, one steal from Nikola Vucevic. And it showed the importance of how different the Chicago Bulls offense can look when you operate from the inside out. We've already talked about it. You're not going to be able to do it against every single team. We know that. But when you do have those opportunities and you and you uh, can play from the inside out with Vooch, it makes the game so much easier for so many of these Chicago Bulls players. Now, Zach Levine as well, stepping up in this game, 11 of his 23 points coming in the fourth quarter of this game. He also chips in five rebounds, one assist, and he got to the free throw line 11 times. And why that's key for Zach Levine, 
He's not typically been a player that gets to the free throw line consistently. He's been doing so so far this season at a pretty decent rate, especially with his shot not falling. That's going to be the thing that really c- creates a difference for Zach Levine this season if he, if he starts doing that consistently. If your shot's not falling and you can extend games and get easy buckets by getting to the free throw line, that's, that can open up a, a whole new realm of possibility for Zach Levine and just how he executes. So let's hope that we see that. So far on the season, Zach Levine is getting to the free throw line a career best almost seven times per game, right? His, his career best before that was six, and that was all the way back in the 2018 and 19 season. So if Zach Levine is going to start getting to the free throw line at a more consistent rate and get that closer to seven, seven and a half, eight free throws a game, that completely changes the complexity of it. And it's not just by a little bit, right? And so at that point, you then not only have to play Zach Levine at being one of the best three-point shooters on the team, you also have to worry about him driving into the lane and being smart enough, right? Getting to the free throw line is a lot about basketball IQ, right? Not just driving, putting your head down and driving to the lane. It's about using timing, using your speed, right? Using your ability to jump, those type of things to outsmart the defense to be able to get to the the free throw line. And that's what we're starting to see a little bit from Zach Levine. I want to see it more consistently over a month, month and a half, two months before I'm ready to say that it's something that he's going to do night in and night out. But so far, he's doing it at a better rate this season, and it's coming at a time where he hasn't really shot the ball effectively on the season. So you like to see that from Zach Levine as well, and it was good to see that. And then DeMar DeRozan with 20 points, three rebounds, four assists, one block from DeMar DeRozan. And me and Pat talked about this a little bit over on Locked on Bulls. You can tell that DeMar DeRozan is playing, is playing differently. And you know somebody actually pointed out on the live stream last night as well that Uh, DeMar hasn't quite been the same person since his initial hip injury. And while I'm not saying and I don't want to start anything like maybe DeMar starting his decline or anything like that, I do think it's more of a concern level of play from DeMar that he's he's out there actively trying to just do a little bit different, right? Keep in mind, the things that the Bulls are trying to do doesn't typically fit DeMar DeRozan's game. Playing with a faster tempo doesn't really fit DeMar's game. Having DeMar play more off the ball doesn't really fit DeMar's game as much. But for that said, with DeMar's, uh, uh, with, his, with everything changing for him, his, act- his assist-to-turnover ratio is actually, so far, one of the best in his career, by far. We're talking about uh, the, the best assist-to-turnover ratio that, that DeMar had um, in his career was almost a 7. Right now, he is 2.9 on turnover, so he's turning the ball over less, and, and that's partially becoming he's not getting as many possessions, of course, but also when he does it, he's doing more facilitating and it's slowing down a little bit for him. So we'll end up seeing right now, DeMar DeRozan on the season is averaging 18 shots per game, which is actually more than what he averaged last year. So he's still getting his shots, right? But how he's getting them, how he's facilitating a little bit better is definitely something that's notable for DeMar as well. So, you know, those type of things definitely stand out in a game like this. So, you know, we'll see how that how DeMar continues to develop and continues to evolve because one thing with DeMar, we know he's always open to add up, uh, uh, adapting his game to what's going on. At least he talks about it. It just, you know, if it results in winning, I don't think we'll have any problem from DeMar doing it. Now, other tidbits from this game, Patrick Williams started off this game aggressively. Now, he ends up with only six shots, didn't play a lot in the fourth quarter of this game, but like, his, his energy level and the effort that he was given was noticeably different uh, right away, uh, was it, from, from Patrick Williams. And so he was, he was going after loose balls, fighting after rebounds, fighting after, after blocks, contesting shots. He only played eight minutes in the second half of the game. So, you know, it's still some, some concern there from Billy Donovan, obviously, that he doesn't necessarily trust him in fourth quarters of games quite yet. And 
like I said over on the postgame show, I kind of understand that because you want to see something consistent from P. Will before you are ready to just know that it's going to be or, or trust that it's going to be night in and night out with P. Will. So you saw more of Torrey Craig before he got uh, hit in his eye. You saw more of him out there. But then they they ran uh, with Caruso towards the end of the game as well. So, you know, it is what it is there. When you look at the uh, the fourth quarter uh, minute spread, so uh, Zach, Damar, and Vooch all played around nine minutes in the fourth quarter. And then you had Kobe White uh, playing uh, eight Eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Patrick Williams, no minutes in the fourth quarter. So there you go with that one. And then you had Alex Caruso and Torrey Craig. Those players really getting the most minutes in the fourth quarter. And Torrey Craig at six minutes would have been even higher had he not got poked in the eye. So, you know, those, those are things to start watching as well as you go forward is that minute split and how much more uh, Billy Donovan is trusting P. Will. But again, it got to be earned from P. Will. And I do think that is telling that despite him being more aggressive in this game, he didn't really he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. So that's something to look out for. But P. Wills are more aggressive and has got him four rebounds, one steal, one block, and nine points, all being in three quarters of basketball because he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Those are signs of moving in the right direction for P. Will. So hopefully P. Will learns from this uh, and, and learns that energy that he has to consistently give and expel to really make an impact for the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White with seven points in this game. He goes three of six overall, uh, three assists, two rebounds from Kobe White in this game. Not a, a big stat night uh, from Kobe White, but he had some really good defensive moments out there, especially closing out on some three-point shooters. So we got the best uh, game from Javon Carter as a Bull as well with 11 points in this game, two assists, one steal. And he was getting extremely active defensively. Javon Carter's defense in this game, you had to watch it if you didn't watch the game to really appreciate the game and night that, that Javon Carter had. But with all that said, what does that mean? Through, through four games for the Chicago Bulls, we now sit at 500. We also now st- currently rank as the 24th offense in the NBA so far. Considering how bad we've shot in the ball so far on the season, that kind of makes sense. Billy Donovan had this to say. We know it's going if it's going to be DeMar, Zach, and Vooch, as well as they shoot the ball, it's still the 24th best offense. So just highlighting the fact that, yes, uh, Vooch, DeMar, and Zach all had over 20 points. It was good to see the core three play that way. But if it's just going to be them, we know what it's going to be. We've seen this story. It's the 24th best offense in the NBA. So we're going to need other players to step up. And that is the importance that Billy Donovan and this team is doing of trying to get everyone the ball. So what we saw in this game was a little bit different, right? The three-point volume wasn't what it is. And so I like to see you know, the Bulls take more threes, but take smart threes. And that's what they did in this game, right? They didn't take threes just to take threes. They sat down and they and they really, you know, took the open threes that came to them naturally. Only took 17 threes in the game, hitting six of those, right? But the threes that they hit all made sense. The threes that they took, even the ones that they didn't, it all made sense within the flow of the game. And that's where you want to see the Bulls thrive at. And so, you know, one thing, the Bulls want to create more space that happens by attacking closeouts, which is something that we saw them do a little bit in this game. Teams are going to close out on them on three-point range, but you have to shoot the ball at least at a decent rate to bring that out. So taking the right threes at the right time is important. Yes, creating more spacing, which can happen with operating from the inside out with Nikola Vucevic. And overall, this team has just shot the ball horribly through the first four games of the season, right? This game was a little bit better, but overall, we've not shot in the ball effectively well. So you got to hope that with better shooting and more consistent shooting and just being better at it, that's where we start seeing what this offense really can be. And so it was good to see a team win in this one. It was good to see this team compete, right? They played with a lot of heart down the stretch of this game where the Indiana Pacers briefly took the lead, things like that. And it was just it was just a good game to watch this team come in and be able to, to win in the type of way that they did, right? 
Keep in mind, the Indiana Pacers led for 23 minutes in this game, whereas the Bulls only had the lead for 16 minutes, but we still got the dub, we got the victory, and that's what you want to see. The Bulls had over 100 possessions in this game. That's that's nice. You, you want to limit the turnovers, things like that. But we're starting to see, hopefully, this can be a building block for this team to figure out how they need to play together, how they need to compete to really be in more games. And so better execution was one of the things I called for in this game, and we're starting to see that better execution. But we have to see the next step in that evolution for the Chicago Bulls if this offense doesn't want to stay 24th. So right now, you got to take the open shots. You want to attack closeouts. You want to get out in transition when you can. Um, you can see now that Nikola Vucevic can play pretty well with a more up-tempo team. Again, not a run-and-gun team, but a more uh, up, uh, up-tempo team for sure. And DeMar DeRozan is taking more threes in some of these games. Now, you don't want DeMar DeRozan just standing at the three-point line, knocking down threes, but his his willingness to take the open ones rather than take uh, people off the dribble, it's, it provi- provides more space for him to go to the mid-range and do his type of thing. So we're starting to see this team maybe show signs of turning it around, and that was the biggest thing of why I said I didn't really trust this team, that they were going to have that second gear because we just haven't seen it. So when teams load up the paint against the Chicago Bulls, we have to be able to hit those open shots. And again, that doesn't mean taking 43s per game, but that just means not being as reluctant to shoot. And that's something that we've seen a little bit with this team still. And that was something that we saw a lot last season. So we need to continue to see that evolution from this team also. But things are looking pretty good. Um, I'm glad to see that the Bulls stepped up majorly in this game, that they gave the the defense. The defense is the thing that really stood out the most to me in this game is because, listen, it was a crunch time, drag it out game, and it wasn't pretty, right? This win wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't as ugly as their first win of the season, but it wasn't a pretty win either. But you want your team to be able to win the games that aren't pretty because that is what builds character. That's what builds identity. And so this team is still trying to forge an identity. They showed some flashes of what that identity could be last night against the Indiana Pacers. We just got to see more of it and more consistently before we're ready to say, before I'm ready to say, I should say, that this team is starting to forge that identity we've been calling for for about three years. So, you know, that's the thought process. Let me know your guys' thoughts on the game down below. But with that said, we got a major trade to go down in the NBA. And while this isn't NBA Central, by the way, go and subscribe to NBA Central if you want my thoughts generally on the NBA. But with that said, the James Harden trade that everybody was kind of waiting on finally went down. The 76ers have traded James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and flipped to the uh, Los Angeles Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first-round pick that's supposed to be routed from a third team. So we'll still this deal still has some details to, to be out there now. The 76ers have already said that they plan on trying to use the picks that they got in this to flip it to bring in another high-level guard, which I've already seen some Bulls fans out on social media say, could it be Zach Levine? Um, I doubt that, right? And I don't think, not to say that the, maybe the 76ers wouldn't be interested in Zach Levine, but I don't see this front office trading Zach Levine personally. But hey, you never know what could happen, um, but that trade goes down. James Harden now joins the Los Angeles Clippers where that team's biggest opponent is going to be injuries, right? Because, you know, they like collectively, uh, those three players in Kawhi, um, Paul George, and James Harden, I don't think any of them played over 65 games in like the last five years. So, you know, I'm, it's a bit of an exaggeration. I'm, I'm exaggerating just a little bit. But, um, yeah, so, you know, that they joined that team. I wouldn't say call it a super team, but we know the ceiling of the Los Angeles Clippers is that of a team that can go on a deep playoff run, maybe even push to make a finals. The biggest question is, that can they just stay healthy? The Philadelphia 76ers now, they look like a team that has gotten weaker, right? 
Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, Robert Covenant can play off big for them. I believe he's played for the Sixers before. Marcus Morris, eh, uh, kind of not here. There. Nick Batim, K.J. Martin, all solid. Uh, you know, it could be solid pieces, but they're not really pieces that you expect to really be able even collectively to replace what James Harden did for that team. So now the Philadelphia 76ers are either looking from a big step up from Maxi, which could possibly happen, right? They still have Tobias Harris, who reportedly may be on his way out of there, that they could look to match salaries while they try to send out these first-round picks to bring in another high-level guard. But overall, right now, the Philadelphia 76ers are looking weaker. And while I had them before previously as one of those top potentially three to four teams in the East, they could still get that because they have an MVP on their team but they're looking a little weaker now. Now, I'm not saying that to just for the Chicago Bulls. I mean, in the Eastern Conference overall, the Bulls got a lot to do before I'm willing to say, you know, I'd put the Bulls over the 76ers in any stretch of the imagination. But the Eastern Conference continues to change and evolve. And so the Bulls now, you know, can they make their move? Does this make it easier for the Bulls to potentially get a top six seed or whatever? Listen, the Bulls just got to execute and take care of their game, their ins and outs, their days day to day. And we'll see what ends up happening for the Chicago Bulls team. But like, I just wanted to talk about that because it's major uh, news going on in the Eastern Conference. And we'll see what teams take advantage of it. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following us at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. We're on our push to 20K. We're at 15,200, uh, 15, somewhere around there right now. So if you're not subscribed to the channel, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. But like I liked in everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break Media. Media.